This is a very exciting episode of Bookalicious because, people, I have Lara back. Hello, Lara. Hey, and we and because it's been ages, actually ages since you and I have even been online, and God forbid, not even in person. Um, so uh, I'm going to have to kind of limit our book chat, Lara, because there's so much has happened since we've read since we last met. But um, it's great to have you here. And I thought we could start uh, Bookalicious with um, our reading challenge. And I'm not competitive in any way. But when I saw you put your challenge, your Goodreads reading challenge up to 120, well, obviously, I had to put mine from 70 to 80, didn't I? So uh, um, we've read a lot of books this year, haven't we? We really have, Paul. And, and I think I think the thing is, is when you set the book challenge, I was pretty happy with you know, I, I was going to go quite low, actually, and be like, I'm, I'm happy with like 60 ish this year. And I got to the 60 poll and I was like, right, OK, then, because there's been a lot of fantastic books. And there was just more and more wonderful books of all genres, from historical fiction to fantasy to some of our book club picks. And before I knew it, I'm at 104 right now. <laughs> so well, hey, well. <laughs> we're recording this a few weeks before Christmas. So, you know, you still got a chance to make it. That's very true. We still have time left, everybody, so wish me luck. I've only got three more to read, and I'm definitely going to hit that target. So, uh, But look, uh, this is a really unfair question, and I'm going to limit us both to um, perhaps two books, maybe one fiction and one non-fiction. So um, being the kind person I am, I'm going to let you go first, Lara. Oh, you know what? This... I mean, because it's me and I'm having to limit myself. You know what? I'm going to go. I, I know exactly what I'm going to pick for my uh, fiction book. So I'm going to go with the, That Bone Setter Woman by Francis Quinn. It is the most, well, I, it, it just intrigued me. I was like, first of all, what is bone? I've, I've never heard. What is, what is bone setting? And it's all about uh, our protagonist is called Endurance Proudfoot, which is a cracking name anyway. I mean, you <laughs> Isn't it? And you think one thing she she lives in a house with her brothers and her father and and she she's very you know she's very clumsy she's tall she doesn't really fit in her sister's very glamorous and wants to be a movie star and she doesn't want you know she doesn't know what to do with her life really until she discovers that her father does this bone setting work and she realizes hey I can do it myself. The, the thing is, is obviously I'm, I'm female <laughs> and, and and she goes off on this adventure with this family job and she wants to do it and basically gets told, you know, not for you, not for you. And she just keeps going. But it's brilliant. All the female characters are very feminist, very strong, living the lives that the way that they want to, which in that time in, you know, in 17th century would, it would have been, you know, definitely defying a lot of conventions. It's brilliant. There's romance. There's mystery. There's heartbreak. It is just incredible, and you actually feel like you are in the coffee houses. You feel like you are in the theater stalls. And when I when I put this book down, I was like, "This is unbelievable." And I just picked it up by chance. I'd never heard anything about it. It was sort of a I'm drawn to the cover of this book. I don't know what it is. I want to find out more. So that's definitely my my pick. And the more people that can read that, I think the better, really. 
sounds really up my street. I mean, 17th century and a name like, uh, well, what was it? Proudfoot. Fantastic. Endurance Proudfoot. Endurance. Um, Endurance Proudfoot. And not, not, you know, non-fiction. I'm incredibly um, envious because Paul got to meet this fantastic author. I'm going to pick All Through the Night. Why Our Lives Depend on Dark Spies, which is Danny Robertson. Now, I had seen, I had sort of seen that this book was coming out in various bookstores and, and libraries, and I got very, I got quite excited about it. I thought, this sounds really interesting. And then when Paul was like, hey, you know, I, I get, we get to interview her, I was like, oh, fantastic. But this book, I think everybody should read this book because I don't think we quite realise the importance of the dark and the night time. And I know it seems a bit funny saying that, especially at this time of year, everybody. Uh, you know, but, but hear me out. We, we are missing so much by closing the curtains, by, by not going outside. And I just, I just feel that this book taught me so much. And I feel like if there was a book that I could be like, hey, for Christmas, or I would give you this, you know, I, I would be like, and wonder because we don't we we don't realize what we're missing out on and i think the way she's wrote this is full of amazing amazing little uh it's fantastically written it is brilliant like when she, when she just shares her enthusiasm and adventure for things that she's that she's seen and how we should try and protect this because we can we can all play a little part in, in trying to protect it. it's not too late and I just like the way that it says, you know, her life depends on darkness and yours does too. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my pick. I, they were very hard picks to do, but I think those are the picks. <laughs> of I think they're brilliant picks. Uh, the, bone, the bone setter one, definitely up my street. And, and as far as um, uh, Danny's book uh, goes, and, of course, the interview uh, uh, is there. I had two episodes ago for Bookalicious. Do go and seek it out. Um, uh, but it... I know you and I read quite a lot of um, what what would call it. I, I don't like to call it nature writing. It's more it's sort of environmental nature stuff and can get you down, can't it, uh, a bit? But Danny's book was so optimistic, and you know, it's a simple things that we can do, like just turning the light off. Exactly, just fills just fills you with hope, with hope and optimism. And clearly, her passion and 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 joy uh, to to just want to share it with everybody you know press it into everybody's hands this book paul and be like go on absolutely uh and and if you can go on one of her um safaris in at night in, in somewhere in north wales across snowdon or uh in the cluidian hills i thoroughly recommend it it would be so fantastic but uh um right now okay the, um well i'm not averse to a bit of podcast self-promotion because my pick and i thought you were going to pick this because i know you love this book too is the last episode of um bookalicious was my interview with sean hughes and i think her book pearl is definitely one of my books of the year if not possibly even the decade it blew me away um do go and listen to the podcast uh because I, I'm not sure I've read too many books that are like it, and it's her life work, really, and less than 200 pages long, but it has everything in it. I was so emotionally invested in the character of Marianne, the fact that she lost her her mother mysteriously, no one knows, 
Um, also that Sean's written it inspired by an old English Cheshire dialect poem. I mean, um, and it's set on the Welsh border in a village called Tilston that really does exist. Um, all those things. I, and, and it was just wonderful. I put it down. Uh, Adrian, my wife, picked it up immediately and read it within a couple of days and said, this is fantastic. So, you know, uh, it has to be Pearl for me. Um, and my non-fiction choice is uh, one that's been sitting on my shelves for years. I mean, ever since it came out, I guess, early 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, so I'm very much into um, folk music, how it inspired English classical music, all that kind of thing. It's always been my thing. So this book's called Electric Eden. It's definitely up your street, Lara, because it's nearly a thousand pages long. But uh, it's by Robin Young. Uh, and basically it looks at it's, it's about English folkways, really, and about m the music that comes out of that kind of mystical thing. We need Gwyn on this because, you know, she's, she's uh, very much into this. Um, and it opened my eyes to so many things. Plus, it, it's one of those books that I'm still listening to the soundtrack. I mean, he's got a list of about 200 albums in the back of the book um, spread over decades to, to sort of inspire you. Uh, it's it's just amazing. And it's led me to um, music that I hadn't been aware of. Uh, it sort of made me go and look at The Golden Bow by, the Golden Bow by Fraser. Um, I picked up books about mysticism, folklore. Uh, it, you, I just dived down so many rabbit holes. And for me, that is the essence of what a really good nonfiction book is. And I read it very quickly as well. So Electric Eden by Robin Young, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Um, really, really enjoyed that. And um, I'm quite disappointed I've only got three books to go for my challenge. I may even have to extend my uh, reading challenge. Not anywhere near 120, though, Lara. To the listeners, I might actively encourage Paul to start looking at some of the books on my list that, I, that, I, that <laughs> I'm putting in. Because it's, it's, so, it's always so tricky, because obviously Paul's saying books about Electric Eden, and people say, you know, oh my God, that's, that, you know, that's a vast amount of pages. But I feel that if you're being told a story in such an engaging way, it, you just fly. I mean, like uh, folk music and things like, uh, obviously, Paul got me into Richard Thompson and all these other different folk artists and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just magical that the storytelling. And we were talking about big books, actually. And, and, I'll, and I'll say, I've, I've also been reading uh, Simon Seberg Montford's The World, which is a family history of humanity. And wow. that goes from the period. It covers everything. But what I love about it is it doesn't feel like a pure history book just about facts and these things that happened. It tells you all about the cultures of people and their experiences and how they would live their lives and how certain events would affect them. And I feel like telling history in, in that way, in a more complex, rich way, teaches us so much more about humanity rather than just sort of static information and it's fascinating and I'm already I mean my dad was saying that's huge Laura and I'm like oh, yeah but I'm already at 500 pages in <laughs> and he's just like, I'm like because of the way it's being told to me rather than in history we do have to read a lot of books like that and they can be quite sometimes quite dry and you feel to yourself wow I've read 25 pages and quite honestly I 
I'm struggling here. But it's a brilliant book. I've never read any of his books before, but I would recommend him as well because he's it's just fantastic, phenomenal storytelling. Yeah, I think um, you know, with nonfiction, particularly big history books, um it should be about storytelling. Yes, you need the research and you need the facts, but if you can't tell the story in a way that is engaging, um, I hit look, go on, you've chosen another one. But one I actually, a real discovery this year is Danny Robbins, um, and uh, he does uh, Uncanny uh, podcast yeah. and the Battersea Poltergeist. He also did a stage show which came to Wrexham. He's done three episodes on the telly. Talk about storytelling. His book um, is like everything else he does, but he just is a brilliant storyteller, not telling you one way or the other whether he believes in ghosts or supernatural or whatever, um, but just presenting it and get it, encouraging other people to tell some amazing stories, which they've been frightened to talk about because they are sort of shy, embarrassed that people think they're mad. Um, and he's got this huge wealth of material now because people keep sending him all these these stories about hauntings and and uh, and the paranormal. And and I was uh, yeah, the book is just like he is in everything else. But it's all the essence of it all is excellent storytelling. I just want to say that I was very excited when Paul actually had this book on the list because again I, I, I got into the podcast and the TV show and was very gutted to miss the the actual stage show. <sighs> what I what I, this is the thing what I find about him though is it a lot of people who do um you know storytelling about paranormal it, it's usually like this person's a skeptic or they're a believer and it's, it's always slanted sort of more one way uh, and i started listening to the podcast because it just popped up on bbc sound and i was engrossed by these stories and the way that the way he really does the, the time he spends with people like sometimes he has to actually leave a room because he's so sort of you know <laughs> which is a lovely little touch and he you know he goes to people's houses and people seem to say you know that you know the thing that they you know they they you know they know what they saw and there's people who don't believe you know there's there's one lady she's very like nope i'm not but something happened to me and i yes. i can't explain what it was but nobody believes me and there's people who you know they don't bring up things for years and they feel comfortable enough to you know share it on the podcast and it's become this massive thing which is very i think is very well deserved and I, yeah. you know, so I'm looking forward to the book immensely. That's on my Christmas list, actually. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, before we entirely leave uh, our 2023 um, reading, we should mention, um, and you're talking about book, big books that cover everything in life. Um, for some reason, we've managed to uh, have the uh, readathon book, The Big Read of 2024, with an event now programmed in the Carnival Words as Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Um, and if you've been to the musical, the book is not like that. <laughs> and that I, I'm, I'm still around about 200 pages in um, and I'm listening to it. And it's one of those audio books that you look at it and say, 69 hours, really? And I'm sort of 58, I'm, I'm sort of 10 hours in. Um, Ah, oh, I have to say I'm really struggling. Tell tell me how you're getting on. 
I wish I could lie to you, Paul, and say I'm getting on better, but I've left it at 250. It keeps haunting me. <laughs> it keeps saying you've got other big books on the pile, Lara, and I go, but the difference is I'm enjoying them and they're making me feel nice. Oh, dear. I mean, you know, okay. I try, I try. But um, I think the thing about this book is that sometimes I am utterly, you know, I'm utterly captivated by some of Victor Hugo's prose and the way that he can word things sometimes is, is truly just magical. But the amount that you're dealing with, with the characters, I mean, obviously I saw this as a musical when I was much younger and I was actually asked, what did I remember about it? And I said, you know what? I think it's seven years old. I think I fell asleep, Paul, so I can't really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <me too. laughs> and it's just, I think this is a book where you are, you have to pace yourself quite a lot with it. And like we were talking about this earlier on, but it's all about headspace as well. I feel that with this book, it is very hard, you know, it, it is hard going. There's no there's no shying away from that. And some of the characters that I that you learn more about have like cause be truly horrifying lives, but are somehow still described quite, you know, they still have this like sort of fragile hope in them, even though they know that their lives are and then you're following, you know, and this whole thing about, you know, how he's being helped by various people and what is, you know, the mortality. And it's it, it's a book that I feel perhaps should be read, but at your own pace so you can sort of digest it because a lot of things do come up, you know, philosophically in this book, politically in this book, and the lives of people are so uh, can be so different from one person to another. Um but it, it, it's, I would say, it's a book that I will persist with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will persist with it, but I would warn people that y- you do have, and that's okay, because like like we said, we've got April is the Carnival of Words, and if you do yeah. want to join yeah. us on Limits, I would say set your page number goal quite low, or when you get to a chapter that you think, well, I really enjoyed that chapter, Put it down, savor it, and, and then you know don't don't try and think oh because I when I first started reading I am obviously an avid reader I'm a fast reader I always have been and I always will be but even I was sat in the library going oh my gosh I think I need to just put that down in it there and sort of um, have a bit of quiet time and a bit of you know because it it does get quite philosophical and you you start to sort of question which I, I i believe books should should make you do that however there is a lot of misery there <laughs> so there's a lot of misery well look i i think there i think it's got a lot of redeeming features i mean let's face it i mean victor hugo used it as an opportunity to go off on one about all sorts of stuff that probably isn't that relevant to the story but i kind of like that you know, there's bits of French history and politics and uh, we're going to come to the Battle of Waterloo at some point, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, uh, and, I ha- you know, I must say I engage, engage with it. The, the, cat, the, the opening of the book is uh, all about the, this bishop um, who is just a, a genuinely saintly good person. 
and you just you just I just came away just loving him what a, an amazing human being so that alone makes me feel I need to continue and like the good the blessing is I guess Lara is that he wrote it the chapters are very short aren't they thing Paul so like when you said about some of the quotes like like some of the things he says are quite so you know he, he is sort of saying you know this system is you know corrupt and it's wrong he's not shying away from anything that's re which which I enjoy he's not saying wow everything's everybody's rich and everybody's great the bishop the bishop is fantastic because he's just purely a good a good person who wants to do good in this in, in this complex world and it, it's all these sort of like I said it, 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 it some chapters do just completely hook you in but I think it depends on what aspect of it that you are reading for when it gets grueling so like I've had a few people say you know I'm going to try and read it and I'm like just just don't get overwhelmed by it because you could look at it and you could think this is like a doorstop you know <laughs> no what are we doing get into it be gentle with it and it'll come it'll come together because I'm, I'm 250 in and I just thought when I first picked it up honestly Paul I thought this might be a bit of a struggle I'll it might become this. a doorstop <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I, I, we'll check in again in 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 uh, twenty uh, twenty four, and uh, just see how we're getting on. Um, I can promise the event in the the carnival, which is the last week of April. I think it's the first Saturday. Um, will involve um, the traditional quiz uh, about the long read, and you, you you can just join in or ignore it. And um, there may be some musical items in it as well, just to liven things up a bit. Something to look forward to. <laughs> but, uh, now, look, um, it's uh, you can tell we haven't talked for a while because uh, we we could we could spend all day doing this. But I I think to draw this episode to a close, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of wearing a Christmas jumper here, folks. So uh, um, let's just have a little look into what you might be expecting for Christmas or things you're looking forward to in the new year, Lara. Well, well, Paul, this, this this is the thing. So I I have a book list, obviously. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> obviously, I have a book list, Paul. Um, I would probably like that. There are a few books I would like, and obviously, people ask me, you know, do, do you do you ask for books for Christmas, or as the at the rate that you read, do you just pop to the library and they give you a lorry full of books? <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. the situation? I, I have said to them I do need a little bit bigger that one day I will come in with a little Matilda truck uh, and come in for Christmas because I, I just I just feel that like buying books at the moment I actually saw um, uh, Between the Covers is back on on BBC. Oh yes it is it's uh, three episodes in yeah. And it's actually saying you know do you prefer to buy books or do you prefer to have a copy passed on to you and it was really interesting so this year I might actually say you know to people hey is there a book that you want sort of passed on that you you know and you love because there's something I feel about reading a book that somebody's already loved and, mm. and used it's quite magical like yes everybody likes a sort of pristine book you know when yeah. it when it comes out but I I like that my friend Caroline actually did a thing the last time we went book shopping and she said I'm gonna go pick you a book that I don't think that you would read <laughs> and I thought that was great 
Because I was like, right, okay, because I'll read anything. But still, I was just like, right. And she she picked me, I think it was one of the, um, oh, I think it was um, Clara and the Sun, actually. Oh, yeah. And then delightfully, I said to her, well, for January, well, I think uh, we've got Clara and the Sun as a pick. And I had never read it before. I'd always wanted to, and I'd never read it. Loved it. Fantastic. Might be a book that I might not have necessarily picked off the shelf. And I loved that. So I might just encourage that to be honest with people. Do you know, go or just share something that you think somebody might enjoy. Or if somebody's given, told you about an interest, maybe find them a book of the topic that you like. Like I, I'm reading a book on wayfaring at the moment, on the mm. art of finding our way. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And it looks into sort of how children navigate compared to adults. So it looks at like when a, when a child goes missing, how they spend their journey. And it's, it's a really interesting book and it covers like science and exploration and how our worlds, like like my world, I'm, I'm sure when Paul was like, when I see the, the stories that Paul tells me about all the places he's been, I've not traveled that far. And it, it's just like amazing, you know, like how, how that changes the world and the topography and, and where we can go and what we can do. Sort of like Danny talking about, you know the sky is also talking about our environment and our space but it's fascinating because it tells you how kids you know they they when they go for a, a walk or they go somewhere they're always delighted because it's never where they intend to go but they've had such a lovely time that they're busy you know looking at ants under a rock and you know i, I try and do that when i see people and i think you know what we can yes. hey where's lara oh she's busy like looking at some leaves you know i've still got that i think i've still got I think the whole thing with that, Lara, is, um, and one of my commitments for 2024 is to definitely get out a little bit more and do more walking. I've got the whole of the, I've got another quite a few hundred miles of the Welsh coast path to do. But um, it, it's just taking that time to do that and going with your eyes open. Um, I did a brilliant walk, part of the Slow Ways Network. I'll put that in the show notes, actually. It's not necessarily to do with reading, but it chimes in with what you're talking about. Um, they're trying to link up all the footpaths. So if you wanted to walk from Edinburgh to um, Truro uh, using public footpaths, um, you, you can. Uh, and you sort of download it and, and uh, you, you know these ways have been been followed. And it's about going slowly into the world. And um, that thing, um, I, I, I'm going to misquote this poet, but it's about if you haven't got time to stop and stare, you know, uh, that is the essence. And that's what I'm going to try and capture in 2024, especially as I sit here recovering from COVID when I haven't been able to go out. It's been so frustrating. Um, but uh, today I can go out and it's pouring with rain. Hey, but that's a joy in itself. But uh, yeah, so um, look, uh, Lara, if we hear that uh, Santa has had a catastrophe with his uh, sleigh, we know it was loaded with books for you. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm going to um, just, there's two, two, there's a book. I think it might have been within, uh, within that show uh, between the covers. And then you know how sometimes you get a book that keeps jumping out at you. You think, well, I haven't read that and I need to read that. I think it was someone on between the covers was talking about it. And then um, I, I immediately followed on and was reading something and it jumped out again. And that is Little Women 
by Louisa May Alcott. Uh, I have never, I have to admit, I have never read it. I have never seen the film. Uh, it's one of those where you, th I think I know the story because so many is so much in it and in, 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 to, in the culture. Um, well, I've got to read it, Lara. So Little Women is um, on my Christmas list, Sandra. You know, what, you know what, Paul? This is really funny that you said. So every every sort of year, my little thing, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas, but I will go and buy a classic. I will go buy a beautiful book. You know, I will go oh yeah, find a beautiful book. Little Women is always on the shelf, and it's looking at me, Paul, as if to say, you've never read me. You You know you might enjoy me. So I think I'll tell you what I will do a, a Christmas uh, solid, and I will do that book along with Brilliant. you. Because I, I again, I yes, I've seen the film, and I think we've all kind of got a rough. We think, oh yes, we know that story, but we don't really because we haven't really, you know, we've got like a little flavour it for. So I think that might be today. Actually, I might go out and buy Little Women and just absorb it, and, and just see where we end up with that. And 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 of course, there's not just one book. I believe there's three. I think there's three books. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, I I, oh, I may okay. have got that wrong, but um, uh, I'm definitely going to. Uh, Little Little Women is going to be um a round Christmas read for me. And the other the the if if I had my uh, real wish, and I I'm not going to get these under the Christmas tree, but I'm going to go and gather them. I started reading Simon McCleave's um. Uh, Snowdonia Killings series, his latest, uh, no, actually the one, the penultimate one before the current one was Wrexham Killings, and he's incredibly prolific local author. Um, but he writes, he used to write for The Bill, and he's a script writer, and they're crime fiction that has um, really good characters, and I'm totally gripped, so I want all 18, 19 in that series, plus his new series. Thank you, Santa. Um, just saying, um, but that 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 will that will be one of those that's my, one of my comfort reads. Sort of, if I get bogged down with Les Miserables, I will probably go off and read some Simon McCleave um, uh, books, and then you know, looking forward to 2024. Um, I'm hoping to go one, I don't know, this this may be a reading challenge, it may not, um, but I've definitely got an interview lined up with a friend of mine, Mark Davis, who I, um, Lara, you've met and we've talked to on, the, on this podcast before, um, but he happens to be the great nephew of an author called Angus Wilson, who everyone has kind of forgotten, um, but he was a big thing in the 80s and 90s. Um, and so I've kind of committed to read one or two of his books, The Old Men at the Zoo, um, uh, Anglo-Saxon Attitudes. He also wrote short stories. He did uh, biographies of Rudyard Kipling and that sort of thing. And he kind of went out of fashion. So I've got two beautiful copies of Penguin, original orange penguins, which I found in a uh, Oxfam bookshop at uh, 99p each. Uh, which I'm going to dive into early in the new year. And when I can track Mark down, we're going to do a, uh, a podcast episode so we can bring Angus Wilson back into the light. Uh, and he, he was, um, and along with him, um, I want to kind of go back to Iris Murdoch, who I started rereading her books. Again, she's kind of slipped off 
um, the agenda a little bit, and, and Margaret Drabble as well. So those are three authors that um, I, I've read some of, or, or in Angus Wilson's case, not very much of, and I just kind of want to see whether they still hold up to current times. And we'll talk about them all here on this, because you need a good book podcast to recommend books for you to read next, don't you, Lara? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, look. Um, I'm I'm going to. Um, I feel we should end with a Christmas carol, but uh, given COVID probably is limiting my voice, my vocal activity, <laughs> we'll maybe not do that. Um, but we. This is probably the last episode before Christmas, so um, we want to wish all our listeners a, a. You know, whatever you do, have a have a break. It's definitely, sp spend time reading, eh, Lara? Let us know what you're reading as well. We always love to hear what you're reading because that gives us even more books to read and enjoy. I want my pile to never end. <laughs> <what> <laughs> oh, I think we can guarantee that. But, uh, <laughs> and and uh, coming up, uh, things to look forward to uh, with Bookalicious, I'm doing an interview with Dave McCall, who's been on the show before, who writes as David Ebsworth. And... Um, uh, he's just started, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to be a series anyway. He's written Blood Among the Threads, um, set in Wrexham in 1876, the Great Exhibition of Wrexham, and it's a Victorian crime uh, uh, novel, which uh, is absolutely fabulous. So I'm going to talk to Dave uh, uh, about that very soon, and that will be the episode after this sort of pre-Christmas episode. And... Gosh, we've got quite a lot of good people lined up um, for Bookalicious next year. Uh, plus, you know what, Lara and I are probably we're probably going to chat about books online and in person, possibly even. And there's going to be a few changes. I said this a couple of episodes ago. So with the website, uh, not quite sure when it's going to change, but in the new year we'll be looking at changing it a little bit. Uh, Gwyn is kind of handing it over to me, so that's going to be a laugh. Um, but for now, if you want to know more about the show, go to www.bookalicious.com. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, we have a Facebook page. Uh, and uh, we also can contact us by email on info at bookalicious.com. Um, and we do encourage you to talk to us. We've, we have had some small, small flow of uh, comments. Um, I even met a listener at an um, uh, event at Gladfest um, who came up and said, I'm a fan. So, Become a fan of Bookalicious. <laughs> Tell all your friends about it. So, And, uh, no, we genuinely, uh, Lara and I, wish you a really good Christmas, New Year. If you haven't listened to Bookalicious for a while, oh, just go and dive in. There's there's lots of episodes there, you know. Get our listenership up for us. That We'd love that. We'd love that. And, um, well, that's nothing left for me to say, but uh, we wish, wish you all... Uh, very festive, happy reading. Until next time. <laughs>